Hello and welcome back to another episode of Box of Box. I'm Alex Perry, joined by my co-host Jeff Isahauser. And it's been some week, uh, some past few days in, in the footballing world. United got a big result. Uh, Tottenham have sacked their manager, replaced him with Conte. Barcelona have sacked their manager. United got another big result, big draw in Atalanta today. So, Jeff, you know, for, for all the credit, uh, sorry, for all the criticism that, that I give Ole, I have to credit him because the man is playing 40 chess. The one game United step up and perform happens to get Nuno sacked, but he gets Conte to replace him and gets a competitor off, uh, off the market. Listen, it was it was a tactical, you know, piece of absolute brilliance. And and the downside was he only picked up three points and and just thoroughly looked better than Tottenham. So, you know, woe is me. I really hate that when my team looks good. (laughs) Well, I mean, in in my opinion, because I I kind of want to talk about the the impact that Conte will have on Tottenham. Everywhere he's gone, he's turned teams around instantly. Look at, obviously, you know, at Juventus, he took a team that finished seventh and then went unbeaten with them. At Chelsea, a team that finished 10th, won the league with them. I mean, can we expect an instant impact? I mean, obviously, look, Tottenham are going to win the league, very unlikely. But do you think they're now in the running for top four? Does Antonio Conte's appointment alone change? How much does it change? Let's uh, my answer is let's see what they let him do in January. They've said that they will give him a hundred million pound budget in January. I personally call bullshit. Um, well, I've been mean, Okay. But the thing is Conte isn't going to take the job. He's already quit. He's quit several jobs because they weren't ambitious. The clubs weren't ambitious enough and weren't giving him too much money. So I don't think Conte is going to take this job, even if they, you know, I don't think Conte takes a stop unless he knows for sure that he's getting the right amount of money to spend now. Let's find out. Let's find out if uh, let's, let's say that certain teams know that, that Conte has uh, like, they know how badly Conte wants players. They know that he only took the job because they knew he would get players. If I was a player that Tottenham was interested in January, the players just went up by 15 million pounds across the board. Levy is literally backed into a corner and Conte will fuck off in two months if they don't hire, if they don't buy See, the players, that's for a him. mistake Tottenham made. They, they were way too public with all of this. Now, yeah, I mean that definitely gives. It, it um, doesn't matter who they're interested in. The price just went up fifteen million it, pounds. Yeah, it gives whatever clubs are negotiating with a certain, you know, additional leverage. And basically. here's the thing: I don't see Levy to be the kind of guy who's okay just getting screwed like that. I think he'd rather have Conte for two months than get screwed in the transfer deal for sure. I don't think. I mean, Levy's not gonna. I mean, look, we know Levy likes to sack managers. He's not. You know, it's not something that he's not accustomed to. But when you have a manager of Conte's pedigree, he's not going to sack Conte after two months. And I don't think Conte is going to take a job if he, if he's, I mean, if he expects to walk away with it uh, from it in two months. Now he's Conte, you know, you, you wouldn't put it past him. He but, won a league title and left. Well, he, he, he left the next season. So you know, I, I, he'd also won an FA Cup as well. And that was after they finished off four. And I think he was sacked. Um, although that season he was more or less in every press conference asking to be sacked um, because he, he was not happy with the money that Chelsea gave him. I but, was talking about Inter this summer, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, that's true. He I literally won a league title and, and left. Yeah. But he left again because the club wasn't giving him the amount of money that he wanted. Listen, um, listen, Conte wins trophies 
And I have no doubt that despite being third place in their group, that Tottenham will win the Europa Conference League, and that's how they will qualify for Europe next year. So you, you don't think that path is going through through the Premier League? I don't think they can do any better in the Premier League than they can by winning the Conference League, the Europa Conference League, which is to say both give you a spot in the Europa League. I think fifth or sixth, sure. But I think but again, they get the, they get the same how, thing from winning a tin pot. Quickly, when you look at how quickly Conte improves teams, I have to feel that they're at least in the running for, for the top four now. Sure, they're in Especially the running they, for it. Even, look, even if Spurs don't sign everyone they want to in January, right? They probably will sign some players. And that will that will definitely it doesn't their chances. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when your hundred million pound striker is absolutely terrible and doesn't want to play for you, and is the only reason that you're in this conversation in the first place. Then I think Conte, the, the rest of it doesn't matter. Him. I, I feel like Conte will motivate him to want to play. Uh, because well, so, obviously Conte is not going to take any bullshit. It doesn't matter who you are. He's not taking any bullshit. Right? And, and then so Kane will just sit out for the next summer. I have a hard, I don't know. I have, I have a very hard time believing that it will go down like that because first of all, we don't know for sure what, no one ever knows what's going to happen next summer, right? Whether Kane is, is, is sure to leave, you know, will, will City want to spend the amount of money that the levy is, is He may have been, Kane may have been screwed out of a move and, and who knows how long it takes him to get back right, into anything Antonio resembling Antonio Conte form. is one of the elite coaches. And I think that when you who have cares? Coach, he, like, I you dare have you, I, like who, I dare you to motivate Harry Kane for your Europa Conference League. Who cares? I dare you to motivate Harry Kane when he's playing next to but just it's not, it's absolutely just, average just, players. It's not just Harry Kane, though. It's not just Harry Kane. He's, you know, I, I think the rest no, of the team will be a lot they more won't, motivated than they've, who they've cares? They won't, looked over the past. They can't like, finish top four years. unless Harry Kane bats 15 or 20. Okay, but who says he, who says he won't? Me. Okay, but why? Like, why? Yes, he's not been motivated, but again, he's playing under an elite coach that could motivate him. And if look, I mean, I think the way I see it, United have really fucked up here. They have really, really fucked up. And if you think, nope, fantastic decision. We got lucky. We got incredibly lucky. If Conte goes to United, they're in the running for the title. Now that all this year, Ole's, this year. year, yes. But now okay. because, because yes, they absolutely are. With, with the amount of talent in this team, 100%. But because they're stuck with Ole, now the converse, they're out of the title race. The conversation is now top four, right? And Tottenham, in my opinion, is now in that. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna press pause on that. Um, uh, we're going to press pause on calling anyone out of the title race at this point. I'm, first of all, not going to remind you about Manchester United's history of having come back from deficits far larger than this. Oh, my um, God. Particularly, particularly going to press pause and say that, hey, remember when Liverpool were top of the league and then didn't win at home for five games in a row? Yeah, that's because their entire team got, what, what happened to Liverpool? Sorry, sorry, was, sorry. Was, that was, we're not ruling anyone out. We're not, those I'm not ruling. circumstances. So, so you're telling me they could never happen again? Exceptional circumstances think, could think, never happen again. I, I, they're not going to happen to Chelsea, Liverpool, and Manchester City. No, that will not happen. Okay, all right. That, that, I, that's what United are depending on because they will not finish above either one of those teams. Certainly not are, all of them. You are scared of chaos, uh, and and you would you would have said that Leicester at this point in their title winning season was out of it. You would have said they had no chance of winning the title this year in their title winning season. My point is not that United are they going to win of, the they title. They were top of the league by November in their title winning season. Yes, and you still would have picked against them. You would have picked Tottenham anyone or Arsenal. Would have, uh, anyone would have picked against Tottenham. That's my point. That's my point. I don't rule 
I, I, I would say about half the league can still win the title no, this year. But it, no. I, I haven't, yeah. I haven't ruled that many teams out. So who, who haven't you ruled? Do you think West Ham can win the title? Do you think they're going to finish? Yes, I, Liverpool, yes, I think West City? Ham can finish the can win the title this year. Do I think they will? Absolutely not. But I haven't taken them off the list yet. Come on, man. Okay, hey. What makes you think that United will finish above? If Chelsea, City, and Liverpool, all of them have healthy seasons. First of all, big bet. I bet you anything that at least one of them has an unhealthy season. Okay, fine. By you, any metric okay. you want. L- uh, By fine. any metric let's say, you want. Let's say City have an unhealthy season. Okay. Do you, do you really think, have you seen enough from United to suggest that they're finishing above Liverpool or Chelsea? Well, I mean, Liverpool looked, from Liverpool looked incredible this weekend in their draw with Brighton. Absolutely stunning play from them all game. Yeah, okay. I think Liverpool were, I, I had my own doubts about whether Liverpool can win the title. And okay. I think that, Is there I, yeah, a team we no, don't I, have I, doubts I that, about? Okay. That, but that, that's a point. I still think Liverpool have looked a lot better throughout the season than Manchester United. Yeah. They were sure they, they were shitting and draw against Brighton. And that's why I think maybe Chelsea or Man City will have a better shot at the league. A better but, shot. Absolutely. But yes. ruling out. No. A better shot, Alex, uh, the mistake you're making here is that a better shot means more likely to win, not the other team has 0%. You have to, you have to understand and embrace chaos. Better shot. I, I think Liverpool have a better shot than United. Yes, they, they do. Better. They, actually, they absolutely that, that, that's do. That's my point. Okay, so what? No chance, but I think it's very so, unlikely. Okay, it, a lot of very unlikely things okay, happen. But I think, okay, but then, then in that case, I, I, I think right now it's, United are more so in a top four race than they are in a title race. I mean, they're currently fifth. They're currently three points off fourth in Must Ham. And again, it, it's early days, but there's a lot of time for Tottenham. Just going back to that, there's a lot of time for Tottenham to get back in to get back in that race. If you know results start going Tottenham's way, uh, start going Conte's way, which they typically do in his first in his first few you know in his first few games, first few seasons, then uh, I think United will be they'll be looking over. I think we're facing a season where United could be looking over the shoulders at Tottenham. I'm just saying okay. it's possible. I, I don't, I don't think so. Mostly because I think that a combination of Tottenham not getting who they want in January and not having the squad for it. Um, this, this isn't like Conte's title winning teams of the past. Conte has come into teams with good players and made them play better. That's he not necessarily true. He came into Juventus, maybe with Chelsea, yes, but Tottenham finished seventh last season, which is where Juventus finished the season before he took over, and he went unbeaten with them, and he didn't spend that much money. I it's mean, Juventus. It's Juventus. They finished seventh. They were a mediocre team. They, they were a mediocre team, team with the best talent in the league. Juventus, when they that. finished seventh, were a mediocre team that probably still had the most talent in Serie A. I think they recruited very well over that summer, didn't spend much money. Um, so, 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 okay, so, so would you say that they were the most talented team in Serie A? Uh, what if they season? do? Every think about the things that have to go right for Tottenham to to make top four this year. All the things that have to go right. First of all, you're betting that Manchester United don't get on a hot streak, which they as as bad as they have played are still very capable of doing. All it takes is a couple bounces going your way. Um, you know, a guy like De Gea standing on his head for three, four games, or like there, there are weird things that happen. And United, all it takes is a United hot streak, or but, but, Spurs but not getting who they want in January. All it takes is or, a hot, all it takes is a Tottenham hot streak, and for United to go on another bad run again, which is obviously definitely possible, right? Sure, it's possible. But th- that's uh, what I'm saying. I think we're facing a possibility where United will regret not signing Conte. Like yeah, I think United are more likely to be in a title race come March than they are to be uh, buried and fighting for top four. 
maybe maybe March is too late in the season. I'll call it I'll call it late January, early February, post uh post festive period and all those those matches. We've also per you're you're forgetting we've played literally a quarter of the season. Right, which which I think gives Tottenham a lot of time to improve. Is what sure, it, and it gives sure, but, a lot of time to improve. Yeah, it, it, every team has time to improve. Chelsea's got a three point lead at the top. No one would say it's anything close to over right now. This no, is going to be a a hell of a chaotic season that we're going to go through. I, I and think it, it, there will be chaos. There will be three teams involved in that chaos. There will be Manchester City and and Chelsea. I wholeheartedly disagree. If you think there will only be but, three but what, teams, what have you else? seen from United to to suggest that they are capable of competing with the other three teams? What if you like this season? What what, what have you seen that suggests that them, them losing five 0 to Liverpool at home? Um, the, I'll I'll start by saying that one of the things that it would take for them to come back is the kind of absolute um, drive and desire that it takes to come back against Villarreal come back against Atalanta, go come back twice and get a point away at Atalanta, come back against whoever they want, react to a game like the Liverpool game with a game like the Tottenham game. I'm not saying that these are necessarily the greatest things in the world, but that kind of killer mentality and having Ronaldo on your team means you don't rule chaos out. You don't rule a bunch of shithouse one nil wins um, just by having more desire than other teams out. Because it's it's it Ole hasn't exactly changed the tactics up uh, from last year when they were second. This team can still play on desire and play on heart and produce great results when they're doing it. Yeah, but at the same time, United were very poor against Atalanta today. I believe they had three shots on target all game. So yes, they got the res- they got the result they wanted in large part thanks to Cristiano carrying the team on his back. But when you play like that against Chelsea, against uh, Man City, you know what's going to happen. When they played Liverpool, three days before they, uh, a couple of days before they played Liverpool, they were appalling the first half against Atalanta, way too open defensively. And, and then absolutely, a uh, pause, pause, and then absolutely took the game by the scruff of the neck in the second half. Right, absolutely you, handled them in the second the half. Also, did you, did you actually watch today? Did you actually did. watch today? I watched okay. the game. Against a better team, they were going to get punished, and they did. It's the same, it's the same thing here. First thing, thing I want to ask you, first thing I want to ask you about. If they play as well against Atalanta on, on Saturday, as they do, um, sorry, if they play as poorly against City as they did um, today, they're going to get. What was the biggest rounds. difference? What was the biggest difference in the between the Atalanta game and the Tottenham game? Between the Atalanta game and the Liverpool game, what was the big difference that you noticed? If you watched the game, it should have stood out to you like a sore thumb. I don't know. You tell me. Okay, so I think there not, were a lot of, not there were a very lot of observant players. player. No, no, there was one difference, my friend. There was one major difference that was just an absolute point in the game where you go, oh, this team is just different. And it's when Harry Maguire has to play in a back four, comma, when Rafael Varane is on the pitch. I think that as of right now, United should line up in one of two ways. If it's a small knock for Varane and he can play this weekend, he has to play, they play in a back five. If it's not a small knock and and either, or, you know, if if... Ole decides he wants to play four at the back and have more of his attacking weapons available. United need to consider dropping Maguire, and this needs to be a Bailey Veron or uh, a Lindelof Veron pairing. Because at this point, I don't care if you wear the armband. When you put together this many string of bad performances in a row and you have center backs like Victor Lindelof and Eric Bailly sitting on the bench waiting, you at some point, it costs you your job. And Harry Maguire is not above reproach for losing his job. And 
honestly, I would rather see the band on Bruno's arm. I'd rather see the band on Ronaldo's arm. If he was able to play in the match, I'd rather see the band on Pogba's arm. I'd rather, because I promise you those guys in, in the middle of the park or at the front of the park, they fight, they, they, they're, put the fucking band on McTominay's arm and, and watch the kind of fight he'll give you. But I, I also think it's a problem. I think the problem, yes, McGuire has been an issue, but I think the problems go beyond that because United have looked, I mean, maybe not a good many, them, but today they, they, they how many mistakes today, how many mistakes today None. were, were the responsibility of players not named Pogba and Maguire, just just. Okay, but it, just how is it? How is it on Maguire and Pogba? Well, it's more maybe on Pogba. But how is it on Maguire that United? How is it on Maguire that he leaves guys open all the time? And uh, and they it, can't. How is it on Maguire that United can't create chances when they go forward? Because they can't. They, they were creating chances. Building. They didn't turn. They didn't end in shots. But United were creating particularly shots on target. But they were creating chances. Okay, if you have three shots on target, that's not good enough, and that's not on Maguire. Ronaldo bailed them out with a sensational goal today. But they, they, they were staring at the face of defeat. And I think, that, yes, Maguire is an issue. But going forward, there, there have also been problems for United. At times, they've just looked completely flat. They've looked they had 13 shots. That I mean, per, you're acting like they didn't have more shots. And by the way, four shots on target. The same as Adelante. Oh, four shots. Okay. Um, they had more possession. But it's, also, but it's in the midfield as well. Just they had they more possession. They, they had more possession. They had more shots. They had the same match, shots on target. Very, very disorganized, so. They so sure, sure, they were disorganized, but most of that disorganization was terrible giveaways by Pogba and, and Maguire. Yeah, most of the, the if, that chance, happens, if that happens against Man City, they're going to get punished. That's what I'm saying. Pogba yeah. can't play, and Maguire shouldn't play. Okay, that's but, that's my whole point is that this Manchester United team had nine out of eleven good performances today. The problem is how bad the two performances were, and the fact that when they line up against City, they need to strongly consider not Maguire. And obviously Pogba won't play, but Bruno in, in truly it looked like with Rashford and, and Ronaldo up top, Bruno was settling in. He was next to McTominay and next to Pogba. And I really, he, he has the ability as a player to kind of fall a little bit deeper in that three, five, two and play with a little bit of industry in the midfield. It's not his strong suit by any means, but he runs and you see it when he presses, he can do the job. Okay. And I, I really wouldn't, wouldn't hate at all. Um, uh, you know, if we have to play Maguire, a back three that includes Luke Schatz at, at left center back and Tell is on the wing if Veron and Lindelof are both unavailable because Maguire needs the cover of two center backs. He cannot turn. He turns like a forklift. It's embarrassing. Okay, but you're, you're talking about a back three. A, a week ago, you were telling me how, or maybe it was Oxshy, but how United's personnel wouldn't fit. We don't have the personnel for back three. Yeah, so but, why, but now you're advocating for it. Because it, if you, I mean, watching the Tottenham game, it provided defensive stability. I, I'm advocating for it because while we don't have the personnel for it, the we have too many leaky problems. And I think Ole's more likely to play a back three against City than he is to drop Maguire. And so if it's the choice between those two and Ole's not going to drop Maguire, then you have to play a back three. And you have to put two fast enough players on either side of Maguire so that when he gets turned and when he gives up on a counter, he's also, he's moving like molasses. He's not showing desire. Like You want the opposite of a player with a will to win out there. Maguire is a problem right now. No, no doubt. And and listen, I, I let me let me just say that United, while they may not have all of the weapons to do it, if you tuck Shaw in at left center back, or if you play with the three center backs they started with today, I'd be okay with Wambasaka getting the bench for Diogo Dallo, who 
Wambasaka looks in the way on the right wing. Did, how many times did you notice that between Greenwood and Bruno and and Rashford, he, he whoever place. was on that wing, it's not that he looked out. Place. It's not that he looked out of place. He looked actively in the way. Like if they were playing eleven on ten going forward, down a man with Wambasaka just off the pitch, less defenders in the air, they're probably better. He was just physically a problem going forward, and that speaks. To, but that's on Ole. That, that's, that's, to the disorganization that's in this side. You can only give so many instructions. You know how many times Ole's probably told him to get the, uh, you know how many times Bruno on the pitch today told him to get the fuck out of the way and he didn't? Right. But uh, like at some point. Who's consistently underperforming despite your instructions. You know what you do? You bench him. I know. And I hope, I, I honestly wouldn't be upset if he is benched. I, let's see what happens when we have a player who can truly play, you know, down that wing in, in Diogo Dallo and, and possibly tell us on the other side if, <laughs> We the lack thing, the center backs. Is, is Ole, is, is he sharp enough to actually make those changes? Because I think part of the reason is, I think part of the problem is that he isn't and he's not showing any sort of flexibility or tactical change. That's why I think See, this I, comes back to United will regret, they could very well regret sticking with him. I, I, think, I think he showed a little bit of change already in the fact that we hadn't seen Bruno drop back into a midfield three yet this year. Uh, the fact that we did see a five at the back uh, against Tottenham. Like, I, I think that the... It, I think the biggest thing to come from the Liverpool game is that Ole's going to have to get creative in how he manages the team. And that's not a bad thing. That's like, he's going to get a kick in the ass in a good way. But he will have to get creative, but we don't know if he sort of has it in him, if he has a little level of creativity and ingenuity in him yet, because he simply thought, thought his but, but it's not but necessarily, when, when it's not necessarily in the tactics. Tackle. It's not necessarily in the tactics. It's, it's, it's in the up. it's in the personnel. It's in the choices of players. And and I I I would love to be a fly on the wall in that locker room and the post game and just see if Ole has you know what it takes or even pregame against City to to truly say Harry you're coming off the bench you know you're 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 an injury substitution uh, in this Manchester City game because uh, first of all in a game where where the other team doesn't have a big towering center forward the sterling's going to run circles around him mm-hmm. foden or um whoever you want gabriel jesus it doesn't matter who's up there they're going to run circles around him i mean for me for i'd me, i'd rather see he, axel twanzebe play this weekend this weekend in particular that, that's just, that's definitely you know it's, it's an interesting choice uh, i mean he's, i i would doubt that he's going to play but I, I think no, that I don't know. The, that's that's hyperbole to say that, that that Harry needs benching. From sure, but from now until December eighth, we we will see the. I, I guess the extent of the impact to be that decision to stick with Ole, and and I say that because you talked about the. I mean, we talked about how well United will perform against the bigger sides. They have City coming up, then they go away to Watford. They have a massive trip away to Villarreal. They cannot lose that. They cannot, lo- they cannot lose that, but uh, we talked about this before. The, they can get away uh, with the draw. The very, not even get away, the very realistic ending to their team. Like, I, like, I don't want to say ideal because ideal is nine points from the back three. But given what happened on the, the front three games of the Champions League, we talked about draw, draw, win at home against young boys at Old Trafford, no. and, they, and they win the group. Uh, yeah, like the, the point is though they need the, there are a bunch of games where United need results. They need a result against City. They're going to need a result, whether that's a draw or win. They're going to need a result against Villarreal. They they have Chelsea on November twenty eighth. Watford has to be three points. That's another no. one that that that's a mandatory three points. No, a- absolutely it is. But then there's you know there's an Arsenal that's inconsistent. They're they're a mixed bag right now. 
um, on December 2nd. And then on December 8th, they have the, the final home game of the season against young boys, by which point they may already be qualified. Who knows? But th- th- this is really, we're going to, you know, you might say it's early after 10 games, but by December, you, I, I think the picture of what every team is capable of at their best is clear. And I think that if we're still seeing, you know, that United have struggled to gain momentum that they haven't improved which I, I think is very possible considering the the caliber of some of their opponents, then I, I think that does call seriously call the question of decisions to, to stick with Holly. Um, I, this, this is a team that should have been contending for the title. And in my opinion, under Conte would have been contending for the title. Again, oh, we, we can agree. We have to agree I to disagree here. Yeah. It, it, because, because first of all, it, hiring Conte is no guarantee that you're going to beat Klopp and Tuchel and Pep for a title this year. And it's there's every chance that uh, it goes the it goes the Jose direction of absolutely burning things down in the locker room and creating a problem where multiple players want to leave. And that while that is a possibility for every manager, it seems to follow Conte around that he leaves in an absolute blaze of glory. He leaves after winning titles in a blaze of glory. I think people have been too keen to draw connections between or comparisons between Ollie, uh, uh, sorry, uh, between Conte and Jose. I mean. Yes, I think that in terms of their, you know, habits of falling out with players and sort of constantly um, creating issues with the board and complaining, there there are definitely parallels there. But I think the difference is that, you know, Conte has left teams still in a very, very good position. And Jose just leaves them, you know, they're up in flames when, when Jose's left. That's the way Chelsea were when he left them. That's the way United were when they left them. That's the way Tottenham were. With Conte, I mean, at Juve, at Chelsea, at Inter. What did they do in the seasons after? What did they do after he left? Well, Juve made the Champions League final uh, the season after he left. They won the double. Um, And obviously, I give a lot of credit to Allegri, but Conte left them in a good position. Chelsea, the season after he left, they won the Europa League. under They hired Mertz Yosari, won the Europa League, finished third. And uh, yeah, because that that season, any Chelsea fan would tell you was a was a staunch success. That was a good I mean, season. Okay, but they're not going to compete with. I mean, that was a season that Liverpool won the league, won the won the Champions League and just missed out on the other league title by by point. I mean, no one. I, I think that Liverpool and City team, those were the best performances the Premier League has ever seen. So I don't think it's necessarily on Conte that Chelsea couldn't compete with that. I think that that's very very harsh. Right. We're, we're also going to press pause and say that. Um, that may not have been the greatest performances that the Premier League has ever seen, and uh, and those first are of all, two, uh, those are two of the those, those are two of probably the, the those League are two of easily seen. the top ten seasons. But I don't I like I, I think top five for both of them. I'll, points I'll, wise, points wise, it's, it's sure sure points wise it was incredible. But we pause and remember that there are invincible teams out there. We pause and remember that there are teams that conceded ten goals in an entire season and won a title. Um, we we pause right. and remember yeah. that, that and, there and are still had more points in both of them, and Man City like, still had more points in both of them. I promise, I promise you, those are bigger achievements. Though being invincible, conceding ten goals, winning the treble—these are things that have been done by Premier League teams before in in incredible seasons. And scoring ninety-nine points and finishing second—not even close. Oh, okay, well, the point is we, we can debate that, but we're still talking about two of the greatest Premier League seasons any team has ever had. And I'm, what, sure, what I'm but, saying is but Chelsea was a multi-year project couldn't... after Conte left. Chelsea was a multi-year yes, rebuild they, they... that is only now truly back to competing for titles. Conte left, and there they are many had reasons they... for that. There's also the fact that they couldn't, you know, there's also the fact that they couldn't buy players. They had to sell. Hazard. Sure, but I mean, 
Sure, but but Inter also doesn't look like they were left in the greatest position to succeed in, in Syria. I, but they, they were left in a good position. But what, what I'm saying is you can't compare Jose and Marie. The, the position that Conte has left Chelsea in, has left Inter in, is much, much better than the position that Jose has left his past few clubs in, is, is, is what I'm getting at here. And I, I don't, think, I don't so, think Jose I mean, left Tottenham in any worse condition than he got them. I just think that that Tottenham... Okay, they're still, yeah, okay, fine. But still, he didn't I mean, improve them, but he didn't make them worse. That's no, for damn no. sure. I mean, yeah, he, he, Jose just didn't have an impact, right? And yeah. I think I think the question is, you know, will... I, 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 it's clear that the board are going to have to work with Conte here because this is a side that's shown no ambition. It doesn't matter who you're... I mean, Jose is one of the best managers around, and if they're still, you know, if they're still ass under Jose... Then I think it's not necessarily the manager; it's the board that needs to look at look at itself. It's Levy needs to look at itself, himself, and say, you know, what's gone wrong here? Nuno is a seventh choice option, right? So it, it's clear that the side isn't going to get anywhere close to the Champions League final like they were in 2019 if they're not I, actually it, investing money. Also, that, that, that's another. It's thing. very clear that a Champions League money. final was a mirage. That team was not the second best team in Europe by any no, no, measurable no, impact. No. That team wasn't a top five team in Europe that year no but they were still a regular top four team in the Premier League which is a lot more than what we can say for them now right and I think that under Conte look Conte rejected the job in the summer so uh Tottenham obviously they must have had to change their terms and I don't think I don't think they're just gonna bullshit Conte into getting the job I mean I don't think Conte like I said he's not gonna take that job unless you're guaranteed it's all talk I it is mm. it is all talk until they spend the money in January that that's all I'll say I, I, I do but we do we, we do need to move on and talk about the most exciting thing in world football, which is that tomorrow the boys from TRS Bowl take a trip to Madrid. No, I believe uh, they're, they're hosting Inter tomorrow, actually. Mm, oh, am I wrong? Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah, Shakhtar in Madrid. That. Sorry. Yeah. They're even worse. Conte's old team. Uh, just cut all of that out because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Conte's no, old team now heading to TRS Bowl in a game that will potentially sink Inter's Champions League season. Inter is third right now. Uh, if Sheriff can can find a way to win at home, Inter is suddenly looking at, I'm also assuming Real Madrid take care of business, a potential five-point gap with two to go in terms of qualifying. So this that, game is truly sense. make or break for Inter. Inter that, have that, to that, go how, and win. So, so the question is, how, will Conte be a success at Tottenham? The, that answer will be whether or not Inter can survive a trip to Sheriff. That exactly. will give us all the answers. Yes. Um, it, we'd be remiss if we didn't go through some of the Champions League results from the rest of today. Bayern did Bayern things. Um, Bayern did Bayern things. Barcelona got away with one. By the way, Barcelona got away with, with – they got lucky. Barcelona, another team um, with a – I mean, they hired their interim coach, but with another managerial slot open. Um, now, I, I just want to run this by you before we get some of the other results. For, for me, there are three options. There's Xavi, there's Ten Hag, and there's Brendan Rodgers. Uh, of those three, who, who would you take? Um, who would I take? Probably yeah. Ten Hag. Who will they get? Xavi. They're going to get Xavi. Yeah, I mean, th that definitely seems like the, the most likely outcome right now. But I think, you know, with Ten Hag, he's someone who has experience delivering silverware. He has experience as a coach at the top level because he's managed games at the very highest level. Um, and he also, you know, he understands Barcelona's DNA. Ajax uh, are, you know, they favor a very similar philosophy, right? So I think I agree with you that Ted Hogg would be would definitely be the right choice. But some of the some of the other results today, um, obviously we we discussed Atalanta's draw with United, and you know United still in a very solid position. 
Juventus uh, were spectacular today as well. We do. Um, sorry, this just came into my brain. We do have to recognize that uh, Ten Hag also, um, the, let's just say that Barca aren't the biggest rumors in terms of uh, potentially hiring him. No, uh, the, the, the Saudi money is, is making their first waves and Ten Hag is an option. And Unai Emery seems to be their primary choice. So uh, we'll, we'll see what they end up doing. We'll but... see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, that could go in a bunch of different directions. Unai, um, I mean, Unai would be a fantastic top, top class choice. I think he would uh, as well. I think he, I mean, he, he's a manager who's obviously, you know, experienced in Europe, who's managed some of the biggest names, but he's not, I, I think I, for Newcastle's ultimate objectives, which I would assume are, you know, really competing for the Premier League title and winning and possibly the highest levels of Europe, Unai Emery is probably not that manager, but in terms of just taking that next step forward, for a team that's, you know, regularly knocking on the door for European places that is generally tough to play against. Um, Unai Emery, at, at this stage, I think perfect choice right now. Perfect choice because he, he will deliver results against big teams in big games on rare occasions. He won't do it all the time, but he he's the kind of manager that can get those upsets out and kind of uh, build a team to achieve more than the players they have. He's very good at getting you know more out of the collective than he is out of the the some of the individuals, and that's that would be absolutely fantastic for a team that has to piecemeal its way into being a contender. Uh, he will he will definitely take advantage of his best players. He will be very helpful in helping decide who Newcastle is as a big club and and as a as a contending club. He will be a big help in determining which players they are truly interested in and making sure that money isn't wasted just because money can be. And not only that, I mean, I think you know, besides playing good brand of football, which is obviously very important nowadays. If you look at uh, there, every team is gearing towards more progressive. A more expansive style of play and like Uno Emery, yeah, it, it seems aren't the most attack minded, but they're they're still fun to watch, right? It's it's not as if you know, we're, we're dealing with a Mourinho or even a you know a Max Allegri where it's boring to sit back and yes to get results. I think that will also be important because when you're trying to Newcastle now wants to take that big step in the global stage, and in order to do that, you have to play attractive football. Um, so that that's another thing that I think uh, Unai Emery has has going in his favor. Um, but so some other big results today, Villarreal took care of business against young boys, Chelsea, uh, defeating Malmo. So they, them and Juventus, well, Juventus are through, they have confirmed the spot in the round 16. Chelsea are just about there. Um, and, and then as a side note, basically the last kick of the game, Pulisic, uh, deprived Reddit of about, a hundred million dollars in awards uh by not scoring that goal um and the, you know as as bad as it was obviously he did end up being offside but he should be finishing that well, the, I mean, I the great thing hard. to see though first game since august it, sure it's his first game since august but he'll tell you he should have been scoring that his teammates will tell you he should be scoring that everyone on the planet knows that that's the kind of goal that he should be scoring even if it wouldn't have counted but it's glad I'm glad to see him back. I'm glad to see him kicking a ball again for Chelsea. And it's good news for uh, USA, who has big games coming up against Jamaica and Canada and Mexico, particularly that Mexico game will be a huge deal. And healthy Pulisic playing in that game will be fantastic. Massive, no doubt. So, Jeff, before we close off, uh, we do have one big Premier League game to Manchester discuss. City to Manchester United. It won't be two. It'll be zero, one, or three. I can tell you right now, it won't be a draw. It won't be a draw. 
It won't um, be a draw. I, I sorry, I, I can take one off the table as well. Um, Manchester United zero or three, Manchester City two. Uh, and and the two I'm picking because I think Harry Kane starts and I think that United are leaky. Uh, Harry Kane, but not hey, not Harry Kane. Kane. <laughs> Harry Kane, uh, fun fact actually made the move to City. It's been a it's been a doppelganger playing for Tottenham, which actually explains quite a whole lot. <laughs> it does, that absolutely does. So, yeah, um, I, I think Maguire unfortunately starts. I think. Harry uh, Kane makes his Man City debut. I'm telling you, I would love to see if Varane is 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 properly hurt. I would love to see a makeshift back five, and I think they have multiple ways of doing it. I think they have the option of Tellez on the left wing, and then Shaw, Bailly, and Maguire as the three center backs with either Wambasaka or Dallo. Probably Wambasaka. If this is the most conservative version Ole has, is Tellez, Shaw, Maguire, Bailly, Wambasaka. What I would love to see personally. I think is Tellez, Shaw, Maguire, maybe not by or or maybe even Shaw, Bayi, Maguire, Wambasaka as a right center back, and then uh, where I think he would fit much better going up against a winger than he would trying to be the creative force down a wing, and and throw Diogo Dallo down that other wing. I but it I want either. Uh, Dallo or Tellus starting. I don't think that happens, which would be a disappointment. Um, we're probably going to go to a back four. Maguire's probably going to caught, get caught out three or four times. It'll turn into a couple goals and a couple of incredible Sterling misses. Um, so long as the opportunities fall to someone besides Sterling, City will score. If they all fall to Sterling, uh, De Gea will have an incredible highlight reel and Sterling will continue to miss absolute sitters. So for me, I don't... I don't think it matters how cautious Ollie goes because I think he's shown that he just does not know how to organize his side whatsoever. Um, not in the midfield, not at the back. And as poor as Harry Maguire has been, I, I think the issues run a lot deeper. So I'm going to go 3-1 Man City here. I, I think I'm going to go with uh, – I'll go with 2-0 uh, Man City. 2-0 Man City. There we go. Yeah. Um, uh, so- mostly, mostly because I think Maguire is just going to be a liability. Um, the – Fred did not feature today. Uh, I think this was a full rest and I expect him to play 90 against city. I expect um, McTominay who came off to, to play a full 90 against city. And I really do. I, I, I know Pog was out again, but I really would love to see uh, Bruno drop into that midfield and just see what they can do with uh, a three, five, two, where Bruno is, is not between the forwards and the midfield, but is just a, a, a level part of that midfield. Uh, probably with McTominay being a little more adventurous and pushing on the right side, Bruno obviously being the creative option on the left side and Fred kind of sitting in the back in the middle of them. That's a um, role. Yep. Uh, I could, yeah, I could see it going a few ways, but McTominay, yeah, the farther back Bruno sits, the more that it's truly a three, the more McTominay gets to go forward. And while he's not Bruno or even Pogba by his passing, he seems to find... Uh, a way to make the smart moving pass. He seems to be the one that's always making the decision in terms of switching play and finding open space. It's never going to be the flashy passes, but he, he, he knows when to go, you know, play those big uh, switches to Shaw. He knows kind of when to, to set Greenwood or Rashford or, you know, whether it be Sancho or Wambasaka or whoever down that right wing, he kind of, he has a, is a feel for that, that I think is going to be needed. And also, of, of all the players we've had in a long time, he's the one that you, he's the first name on the team sheet in the Manchester Derby. He should be the first name on a team sheet when we play Liverpool. He is a player. He is a big rivalry game, big heart player. And sometimes when the results aren't going well, when the tactics especially aren't your strong suit, you have to rely on that kind of heart. 
No, 100%. But we will see how Oli lines up, and I'm sure we will have plenty to talk about in about a week's time. But until then... Conte, Conte will miss the press conference, but he will be in the dugout for Thursday. So let's go, let's go watch out and see if he can get Tottenham's third place Europa Conference League group stage back on track. <laughs> yeah, wrong UCL. No, I, I, no, Conte will finally succeed in the UCL. Um, I think this is the this is the turning point for him. Unfortunately um, for him, it's called the ECL. It's the Europa Conference League. Oh, is it really? Oh, brutal. It's not the UEFA Conference. Oh, no, so close, so close. But anyway, I'm Alex Purry alongside Jeff Asahauser. Thank you for listening.